Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. created a space where we can celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences for women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Women in Hip Hop. What's up, everybody? Jazzy Bell here from Women in Hip Hop Podcast. And on this show, we focus on the many talents and influences from women within the culture. And today is no exception because we're going to have an amazing show because we have an amazing guest. I am here with gymnast, dancer, choreographer, TV and radio personality, actress, and you know, your favorite runaway girl, the one and only Big Les is in the building. Hey, Big Les. I got 10 jobs, man, 10 jobs. (laughs) (laughs) And you're great at all of them. And we're going to do a deep dive and talk about that and pretty much give you your flowers today. Thank you. I'm receiving them. Thank you, girl. Receive the love, baby, because it's coming your way. Okay. (laughs) Now let's get right to it because a lot of people, I mean, I gave the rundown of the many titles that you have, but I feel like every interview I've seen you in, people talk about, of course, your dancing career, you're doing Rap City, and we're going to talk about the documentary later, but I never really hear your story as far as how you got into um, being a gymnast, gymnastics. Um, I was just a Tom girl. I'm a girl from Queens, New York, who used to climb fences and trees with all the guys in my neighborhood and, you know, do backflips out in the park and stuff. And I would terrorize my mother's house, kicking chandeliers and knocking stuff over. And she put me in gymnastic class. Well, she put me in a trampoline class that was close to my mom's a nurse, the hospital she worked at, at the YMCA. And literally within the first month, the guy was like, she should be in a gymnastic class. She's really good. And then they took me to a different YMCA that was forming a team and stuff. And within a year, I was competing in national competition and stuff. And so gymnastics became my life and really who I am because of all of the principles and the dedication and all that other stuff. And then I ended up, um, I got like four or five different gymnastics and academic scholarships to every college I applied to and went to college in Massachusetts on a gymnastics scholarship. And music videos started to like come across the TV. Mm-hmm. Jody Watley, whatever. And I was like, that's me. I need to do that. But you know, I was also a club kid from Queens, right? The roller skating rink, you know, Latin quarters, like in the clubs, the handball court, the jams in the park. Mm-hmm. So all of that stuff is every essence of who I am. And so when I started going to the clubs early at like 15, 16, I'd be battling and stuff. And then got out of college and started battling some more. And everybody in New York at that time hung out you know, at the clubs, um, right. the executives, the artists or whatever. So they just would like handpick me, like, I need you to be in my video. I need you to come dance with my artists. And that was really like my calling cards. And I think what separated you and you let me know if you agree, I'm also pretty sure you do. That was like your hidden gift within the dance community was your athleticism and you being a gymnast. Um, because when you look at the moves that you were making, you was hitting it with conviction, the flips, the... <laughs> Nobody really doing backflips, I feel like. Would you agree? Yeah, I don't think it was hidden, though, because it was like, first of all, I was really the one of the few Black girls in a predominantly white sport. It's completely changed now where, you know, African-Americans and Latinas are really dominating the sport and the women are kicking some serious behind. But it wasn't like that, you know. And um, coming into this business, even then as a gymnast, my body being on display, you know, a thicker woman, I'm five foot six. Then I was probably like competing at 130 pounds or something like that. Um, and people don't understand 
the insecurities that also come with that, right? Because most gymnasts like Simone Biles is four foot nine. So when you see the difference, you're like, how is she doing these flips? You know, I'm a power gymnast is what I was considered. And then getting into the industry and they'd be like, well, who's the big girl doing backflips? And they'd be like, oh, that's Les. And they'd be like, well, big Les, come here. And I wouldn't have never named myself that, but I kind of had to embrace that and just make it work for me and do it. My, my personality in general is pretty big. So like when I come into the room, yeah, let me start off with a big backflip and whatever, because the way they chose dancers back then is you had to look a certain way. Your skin tone had to be a certain way. You had to be a certain size. Your hair texture had to be something different. But if you come in with real skills and you're better than everybody else in the room, then they have to like, yeah, I think we need to get that girl. So I kind of had to show up like that all the time. So you came with the skills, of course. So when it comes to representation, because like you said, Simone Biles, different aesthetic, you know, um, but with you, who did you see first that you felt was a mirror to you? It was like, you know what? I see myself in her and it was kind of an inspiration. No question. I don't know if you can see her on my wall back here. That is Darcel Lynn of Solid Gold, that TV show that used to come on. It was a countdown TV show on a major network. She was one of the only Black girls with these long legs, very voluptuous, long ponytail. And I would wrap like a scarf around my head and act like I had a ponytail. But honey, she was giving it up. Six o'clock splits, just car everything. And I just was like, oh my God, I'd be home going, like dancing around the house. My mother would be like, sit down. And I'm like, look, her and I can dance together. What's crazy full circle moment is when I was doing my podcast, I had her on as a guest and now I can call her anytime I want, which is insane. 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 You're kind of that for me right now, honestly. This is a full circle moment. No, for real. When you talk about representation, I mean, honestly, you were one of the ones that kind of spearheaded when it comes to like the brown skin girls doing their thing. Like I see, looking at you right now, it was like brown skin, the nose, the lips, like you represented and you never switched it up. Even with, if we could to speak to your accolades, um, living single, the opening credits of that. I mean, again, the aesthetic, the body, the curves, the silhouette. It was everything to a woman like me watching you like, wow, this was our iconic show. Yes, but you were such a moment within that show where it was like you're synonymous with living single. When we think living single, we think opening credits. We think the sister girl killing it. And we know that she's big Les. Talk to me about the opening credits and how that came into fruition. Um, I have been a fan of Otis Salid, who is a directographer. He's giving you guys everything from school days and Spike Lee. Um, I, I don't want to be alone tonight or good in black hair, those numbers. Um, mm -hmm. He was shooting Malcolm X's Lindy Hop scene in the movie. I was on tour with Bobby Brown at the time, and I really wanted to be in this. But by the time I got off tour, they were like week three of rehearsals and stuff. And um, I got to meet him, but I couldn't jump in. And so later on down the line, I get a phone call and it's him on the other line. And it's kind of like one of those stop playing moments. Like, who? this is not Otis. You need yeah. who to do what? But <laughs> and have the job. He didn't, you know, he's like, I have this vision. I know I could sell it to them. You're the only one who could do it. Say less. I am right there to work with you. Absolutely. And we shot all day, every day under the Brooklyn Bridge, cobblestone. I'm doing backflips. And, you know, you don't even really see a lot of the back flips in the edit, there's one version I think that has a front flip, but then you don't really see it. And that's the genius of Otis is that you don't need all of that. You need a feeling, you need a moment, you need whatever visuals he created for it. And to have social media now and 30 years later and to see people doing their own version of it, I would have never, who would have thunk it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the best compliment ever. No, it was definitely iconic. Now, did he tell you what to do or did you pretty much just freestyle that? No, no, no. It's all freestyle. So when people ask me to like duplicate it, I'm like, I can't. It's freestyle. You know what I mean? But that's <laughs> Otis too, is that he lets dancers live and breathe and do their own thing. Unless he's choreographing a piece, he called me because he knew my freestyle was really strong. So. Well, that show did come out in 1993. So happy 30th anniversary. <laughs> and we are celebrating 50th year hip hop. And um, you are very... Um, crucial to this culture as well. So let's continue on giving you your flowers. Now you did say on social media that they were bigging you up about your list of achievements. So we could just go down a few. First of all, one IG user said the original influencer. 
which I love hearing that. And what Twitter user said, big last uh, choreography for 90s hip hop is it talked about enough. So let's talk about it. <laughs> I that and I think it just, you know, when you're in it, you're so busy just working for the next job that you don't even really get to enjoy the moment or you don't recognize what you're doing, what you're creating and who's being affected. You're just, as a dancer who's always hustling, it's like next job while you're in a job, next job, next job, who's shooting, what, where, when I need to be there, when's the audition, blah, blah, blah. So I don't really, when I when things show up now on the internet, I was like, oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah. And there's so many other things that I haven't talked about that I have footage of that I worked on because I was literally in the trenches. But I think it's, and it's the best compliment ever to say that I was one of the first influencers. Dancers don't get enough credit um, as well as the DJs that what you hear on the radio is literally because when a record drops from a DJ, the dancers either are on there getting busy and creating moves or we clear the floor, which really is a telltale sign of this song is hot or not. So in that sense, yes, we are kind of the first influencers. You know what I mean? So I received that. Thank you. Yes, yes. Okay. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Okay, now, I don't know if this is considered an accolade, but it was such a memorable moment in the culture when we uh, look back at Deaf Comedy Jam with Martin Lawrence. <laughs> We're going to get to the other stuff with Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, but I have to get this out because Martin Lawrence is one of my favorite comedians. And Deaf Comedy Jam was such a special moment. Now, when he called you up to do the iconic, basically handstand split in the air movement, what would you call it, sis? No, it was a handstand split. If you notice in the beginning, I thought he just wanted me to do a back handspring or something or back handspring back tuck. He's like, no, 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 the handstand thing. But it, it didn't click that that's where he was going. Like I've known his ass forever. I, it just didn't register in the moment. My roots were really blonde. And I was I didn't realize I was being set up for the setup. You know what I mean? <laughs> How did you feel after knowing? Because that was viral before viral was a thing, but now that viral is a thing, it kind of is it reignited this whole moment. How how does it feel? How did it feel at the time? Where were it you? Was, I mean, it's hilarious. And I guess as sexual as it was, it's still comedy to me. So I wasn't offended. You know what I'm saying? You know, even in the Bobby Brown humping around video, I did this handstand gymnastics. And for me, it's a technical move, right? It's a handstand, whatever. And then you start to pirouette or whatever. And if you, re if you remember the video, Bobby came behind me, um, which of course I wasn't expecting. It made the cut, whatever. But I didn't take it personal, um, but it, I guess it was sexy enough to make the video and cause a little bit of a stir. And mm -hmm. I just rolled with it. I just, you know, I'm not shy in that way. I didn't feel offended, you know. But there are lines, obviously, that and parameters that some people can and can't cross with you. And those aren't ones that I felt offended by. Okay, because that was a part of my question when it came to that. So I'm glad you, you cleared that up. And although it was a different time then, but to your point, you didn't feel a way about it. You knew these people. So it was like, it was, the respectability was there amongst you and Martin and, the, and even Bobby Brown. So um, that, that was one of the moments that stood out. Talk to me about working with the Michael Jackson uh, with uh, Remember the Time video. How was that? Just, you know, when you grow up with somebody like that and you remember them as a kid and you're just chick from Queens who just is like, now all of a sudden you go out for this audition, which I had to beg my mother for because I couldn't afford to fly myself out at the time. And she's just like, oh, this dancing girl just going to kill me. Like, what is that? And I'm like, mom, I could book it. I know I can't. And then John Singleton and Michael actually knew who a lot of us New York dancers were. There was like 12 of us who hopped on a plane and was like, we're out. And um, to be there, to be on Universal Studios, 
my first time on a huge lot and to not be kicked off because I was like trespassing and my name is on the door or on the clothing rack is like surreal. And then I wish we had cameras, obviously, but you know, everybody was there. You know, John Singleton had his boys in the hood and Hollywood actors there. Iman had all his supermodels. Magic had all the athletes. And Michael was mad cool. Like we had all kinds of instruction. Don't talk at him. Don't look at him. Don't, you know, <laughs> as most artists do, they always want to hang with the dancers because we're in the corner, either popping jokes or like learning new moves. And we don't want anything from you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're just us and we're that creative space and the cool kids. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to hang out with the cool kids because the drama's over there. Everybody calling your name, pulling at you. Can I have some money, your family? You know what I'm saying? So we're like the safe place, the safe place, the safe haven. So did he kind of slide over to the cool kids and had a moment with you guys? Do you have like a, a memorable moment that you can share that you possibly ain't sharing nowhere else? <laughs> well, if I share anything else, I'm saving it for my documentary. So okay. <laughs> in the book and all that other stuff. But, you know, just hearing what I've said on other platforms, sorry, I can't give you that. It's just hearing Michael Curse is like, what? What that man? You're like, but then you, he humanized himself by the end of the day. And you just realize this is somebody who's just a talented, gifted soul who breathes the same way as you do, who pees the same way as the guys do, who, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. he was, he didn't have this air, this arrogance and 50 million security people around him. And he just was flowing and he really just became one of us, which is why you always see like Janet with the dancers or Madonna with her dancers. And but because we are, we become family, but we are creative souls that are hustling and trying to elevate and just get whatever's living inside of us out at the same time. You know, I have a question for you. Was there a move that you would say that Big Les created that you feel like you don't get credit for? I don't think I created any really. Like only a move that. Mm. Only because dance is so historical and it's been around for decades in every culture from african to indian to this so it's even when you see the egyptian stuff and remember the time like you pull it from somewhere people want to give me credit for the arm swing and i'm sure that that came from somewhere i don't know but it's, i guess it's a, a trick that you can do you know what i'm saying like when okay. you can you know tap your head and rub your stomach or do that with your tongue, like, you know what I'm saying? So I guess that's my trick. <laughs> you what's, know the I mean? arm, what's the arm swing? Can we see a little bit? I don't, have a, I don't have enough room. Okay. Uh, and I'd have to get up and all of this other stuff. But <laughs> living single where opposite arms, you know. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, okay we're going to give you that one. That's a good one. <laughs> You created that one. Um, Whitney Houston, as we know, you were on tour with Bobby Brown, so you spent a lot of time with the family. Um, any memorable moments that you would like to share with Whitney Houston? Just uh, let me tread lightly and carefully and keep whatever, because I still want to keep whatever's mine, mine and ours and us. Um, mm -hmm. I just hate that everybody didn't, or finally it got too late for you guys to realize that she's like an around away girl. You know what I'm saying? Like she's that double dutch, gum popping, neck rolling, child please. Like Whitney is all of that. Girl, did you hear? Like, you know what I'm saying? She was always that. And she was so down to earth with all of us. And again, another person who always hung out with the dancers. Because all we did was like laugh and talk smack and mama jokes and all that other stuff all day. Um, and she was a gifted, gifted soul. And I think it's always, I think when artists, get around people who don't want stuff from them, they finally get comfortable and remember what it was like before the, before the fame and all that other stuff, right? There's two sides of the coin. And most people are like, they can't wait to be famous, but there's a price to pay and a sacrifice that comes with all of that, you know? So. And then of course we have Mary J. Blige, Real Love, and you remind me, and you were nominated for MTV Music Award for uh, choreographing, uh, was it Real Love? Real love, yeah, and I lost it in Vogue, Free Your Mind. And I was like, wait a minute, they only walked down the aisle for an eight count. What do you mean I didn't win? What are you saying? And I just was like, well, okay. I love that video too. Shout out to Frank Gasson and the girls. I love them. But we rehearsed for days, weeks on cobblestone. It was wet and it was, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Really? So there's a that's a, an example of not getting credit for the hard work that people don't realize is happening behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? Hours and hours of rehearsals. And that's why the struggle for dancers to get paid is still so relevant. Like, thank God I was sought after. So I was able to name my own price and add a zero or whatever. But even now, dancers are struggling. 
And when you look at it, and this is always my argument, is that we represent a billion dollar brand the same way supermodels do in the fashion industry. But let's switch places for a second, right? Let me walk down the aisle and get $10,000, $20,000 just to show up for a fitting and then to show off maybe one set or two sets of outfits, right? Meanwhile, the dancers are in six, eight hours of rehearsal every single day. We are pure athletes. Some of us, if we get hurt, can't go on tour, you know, can't do the music video, which means you don't get paid. But we spend all those hours and we start our careers when we're kids as dancers or in gymnastic class or ballet class or whatever. And you mean we're still begging for money? Like half of these artists that you love would not have evolved if it wasn't for the dancers doing what we do or the choreographers pulling stuff out of you, you know? Yeah. So. It's a real skill set. No, that's I'm glad you said that. Cause like you said, nothing against models, but y'all just walking. You know what I mean? It's just a little kid walk. Shout out to uh, Naomi Campbell. You know, she's the queen. <laughs> and Tyra and the rest. I was, not, I was not born six foot two and, and you know, 110 pounds, but I'm just saying, I bet you I could walk better than you could dance. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just a lot of work that you guys really do put into your craft. And like you said, it shapes the artists too, you know? So when we think of Mary J. Blige, we think of the first album. We think of the those first videos. It shaped her. You know, she was, like yourself, the quintessential roundaway girl. And she is still hip-hop, soul, R&B queen. And you played a crucial part in that. And I always like women like yourself. I call y'all the superheroes. It's you, Misa Hilton, Little Kill, Mary J. Blige. Like, I just wish I was in y'all friend group. <laughs> and it's crazy because no matter what borough we're from, we're still like quintessential New York girls, like really around the way chicks, like that's us, you know? Yes. But this is the reason why, you know, when you pay the price that you pay for a ticket, a concert ticket, it's because you want the experience. And that's what the dancers and the choreographers give you. So mm -hmm. pay us, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. You know, recently I did a deep dive um, with... I don't know if you know her. Her name is Susie Perez. She was a model slash dancer. I think she went on tour with J-Lo. But anyway, it's, it's a sad story. She's not doing well. I think she... Uh... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a story where she got on drugs, but she was with this agency and they kind of sexually assaulted her and, and drugged her. And now she's like wandering the streets of in the Bronx. Um, but she was one of J-Lo's dancers and it made me go and figure out like the whole fly girl situation. And when I think of you and your career, I feel like I could see you as one of the fly girls. Did you ever try out to be a fly girl? I'm saving that for the documentary to the answer. The short answer is yes. <laughs> That was a long yes. And I killed the audition. You can ask Flex Alexander if you ever uh, get a chance to talk to him because he was one of the people running auditions or even if you get a chance to talk to Rosie Perez. But it was a time and a space and a place where one, they already knew who they wanted. So the whole audition process I found out later was really like a publicity thing. Two, I didn't look the part. So regardless of what my dancing skills were, and I remember it, I just, I killed that audition more than any other audition to the point where local news channels were like coming to interview me, but they already knew who they wanted. So, and it wasn't me. And that was the one thing that just kind of made me be like, I'm not dancing anymore. F this business, blah, blah, blah. But then Rap City happened and that was just like, God knows better, right? God knows best about what's around the corner for you. So quitting is never an option. When he's never an option. But even thanks for sharing that. Because again, it sounds like you had to deal. When you say, look, quotations, I already know what that means. Especially being a woman of darker skin with the melanin. It seemed like colorism um, has played a part. You know? People always think, like, I never allow myself to be a victim of that, you know, even in gymnastics or whatever. I just work harder so that you can't deny my skill set. Right. right. So if I know that I don't get it. I know it's something personal. It's not because I can't do the job and mm -hmm. people don't think you're serious until you hear an A-lister like Viola Davis or somebody else tell their story. But then they always discount that, too. Well, you made it anyway. Yeah. But why do I have to have all these scars and scratches and bruises along the way? Why, you know what I'm saying? Like I could have still made it because I was talented 20 years ago. I was talented 15 years ago. You know what I mean? So it's part right. of the core. 
And it's not about even being a victim, but I love that people are speaking their truths and telling exactly what it is, you know, because God, you know what's happening? People are looking at colorism like that's not even a thing. So the more you tell your experience with that, then women that look like us can relate and see ourselves and be like, you know what? Big Les didn't give up. That was some bullshit because just to hear you say that a little bit, it's like, wait, what? I want to do a deep dive, but child, I'll wait. I'll wait till you get the book. <laughs> Finish the book. I'm copying it. I'm copying it. Okay. Now let's talk Rap City documentary. Loved it. Loved it. Now, a lot of people um, know that you were the only, the first and the only female host on Rap City. Talk to me how that came into fruition. Because I heard the story of it. And it is funny that you mentioned, you know, your experience with auditioning for the Fly Girls. And it seemed like you had to, unfortunately, deal with a similar situation even with this. But you got the job. But please, elaborate. It was always, it was always the situation. But what's meant for you is meant for you, right? So regardless of who's in place to say no, when God wants you to have something, he's going to give it to you and get it for you. You know what I mean? So it's crazy you say that everybody knows that I was the only host of Rap City, which I don't think is the case. I think the way BET has operated over the last couple of years is that people only think Tigger's the ever or the only host of that show. Who is my God? Love him to death. He, he's the one who came after me and Joe and we embraced him and passed him the baton and he killed it, especially in the booth. No, no question about it. But there's like six other hosts that came before him. Um, and so while I was at the BET Awards show and I'm on stage, I'm going, these people don't even realize they've been watching me for the last 20, 30 years. And they're like, host of Rap City. So thank God for the documentary to kind of put history in its place, right? So that the receipts are there and you can't erase, you know, I wanna be part of the conversations that when you talk about Debbie Allen and Paula Abdul and Misty Copeland and dancers that hip hop and myself and Josie and Tish get named and get the respect. And the same thing with men behind the mic. Like, yes, we are one of me and D Barnes were there for hip hop amongst a crew of, of you know what I'm saying? That we didn't sexualize the conversation. We did intelligent journalism. Um, and we brought you new music first because we were part of the culture. And, you know, me working on that show and watching me still choreographing and my stuff getting on the air as well as me interviewing not just the artists that I was in rehearsal with for three months, you know, but other new artists, new music, because I had those relationships with the labels. And I think that was the undeniable factor is that I had, I had five careers before I got to Rap City, right? As a gymnast, <laughs> as a dancer, as a choreographer. And so the record labels and the artists were like, no, we want her because I was there before they even had their deals. Before they got signed to the label, they would be on open mic in the cypher. Right. I'd be over here battling you know in the circle dancing and then we all just kind of grew up in the same place so they know I'm a familiar face and I'm a safe place and me doing like you know gossip journalism that's not my thing I want to still be allowed to be let into the rooms and I also have respect for people's privacy and all that other stuff that but it works for other people that just doesn't work for me and my spirit so mm -hmm. so with Rap City and, and being able to get the show um you were quoted I want to say, I don't know if it was in the documentary, but um, the quote was, you didn't look the part. Like um, the guy that initially approached you to be a part of the show had to fight for you. Why was that the case? Keith Paschel, God bless him. Eric Watson, God bless him. Sunita Brooks, God bless her. Melanie Massey, God bless her. But Keith Paschel was the one who stepped to me. And, you know, the powers that be upstairs, I was not their type. You know what I'm saying? Men who are in power, I guess, feel like they want to be stimulated or they want somebody close to them in case they want to ask them out on a date. And I didn't look like that, you know, Bob Johnson's type. And I've said that before and I'll say it a thousand times. Even now I could stand right next to him and he wouldn't know who I was. I'm not his type. So I was very dismissive, dismissed. And, you know, but it was other people who finally were like, okay, because Keith beat him over the head. Like, I'm telling you, she's the truth. She's the one. And thank God for him. I owe everything to him. Them, yeah. my producers with a bomb. So, but him for sure. Yeah, you were quoted. Yeah, you were quoted saying that he said, um, you don't make my dick hard. Absolutely. There's two other people who were in the room and I'll name them at some point, but they can they can verify it too, that they were there and they know what the struggle was. There was two, two other men who had been BET um, employees who were just like, and they've seen the journey and they know it was true and they've seen it a thousand times. 
and they've always been advocates, but you know, what can you do when you're not like sitting on top of the throne? But again, if God meant for me to have it, then it's mine. And he gave it to me. So But you're human and I know it affected your self-esteem, especially coming off the heels of, like you said, not getting fly girl and then hearing that, but still being able to persevere and get the job and not only get the job, but be great at it. And you did that. But I think gymnastics is the thing that set me up for what was coming, right? Again, only black girl, taller than most, thicker than most, larger breasts. Nobody's trying to see a black girl do gymnastics, even though my gymnastic world, those are my best friends. Still to this day, both teams, and they're predominantly all white, my best friends till this day, never, they are family to me. But there are other people who looked at me crazy or the pressure of knowing what that is when you show up in the room and you're the only one there or there's only one other person, right? You and that other person see each other from across the room, like, girl, girl, you know that SNL skit that Megan Thee Stallion did where they'd be like, girl. The nonverbal communication. Exactly. So that's kind of what it was. But gymnastics built me to just be like, even if you just look at the sport itself. And I was kind of at the top of the food chain, but there's always that one person. If I was first on bars next week, maybe I was second the next week, but now I got to go learn a new trick. So me having to build my skill set is the only thing that I could ever depend on. So that's how it was with dancing. And that's how it was with hosting that I had to become so good that you can't deny me. Like you can, but you really are like a sucker for doing it. (laughs) Not because I was left. Well, unprofessional, you know. Oh, and um, you were known for some iconic interviews. I know I have a little bit of time with you, but let me see if I can squeeze this in. Um, R. Kelly and Aaliyah, I've heard you talk about it many, many times. And I think you said you did suspect that there was a relationship there. I think we all, we all knew. You know, I toured mm-hmm. with Heavy D and R. Kelly was a headliner on that tour as well. So there were things that I saw and that everybody saw and we kind of knew, but then you don't know. And then you do know because your intuition and your instincts, but then you really like think you imagined something and you didn't and you know what it is. And just kind of the way they handled that interview of having meetings beforehand and being like, don't ask, don't this. And I think Brett and I realized we can't have this opportunity and not ask the question. So really it was risky for us to like potentially be fired. But I was like, well, let's just do it in a fun kind of whatever way. So it doesn't feel like, but they came ready. To, you know, they came dressed alike. Really? You want to dangle that in front of me? Come on. What's up, everyone? It's Boss Britt. And it's DJ Excel. If you're a fan of the queer culture and lifestyle, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the No Homo Show. We're a show that shares true stories that are uncut, funny, relatable, and of course, gay from a lesbian's perspective. That's right. Brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Stop playing. Expect me not to bite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, they wanted it and, you know, I was able to deliver, you know. I think yeah. my approach, had I not been a little nervous about the, the clapback, my approach would have been a little bit more journalistic rather than so playful, ha, ha, he, he. But I, I've had interviews before where people are just like one word answers or they give you an attitude. So you kind of want to make them feel comfortable about the way that you're asking, right? It's not what you say, it's how you say it sometimes and so I think that's the approach we took at that time no I think you did an amazing job do you feel like you do you think he deserves to be where he is today under the jail you mean mm-hmm. under the jail under. absolutely okay throw away the key under he shouldn't come out you feel under the jail when it comes to muting his music because that's been a big controversy do you feel that because I'm not gonna lie I kind of been going back and forth initially I was like yeah mute it but now I know that that affects more than just him. It's is it tough. hard for you to hear his music or do you feel he should be muted? It's tough, man, because he's a creative genius, right? It's like, if you know about Picasso's history, then you just want to rip the Picasso painting down just because, and it's got so much value, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a personal choice of what you feel because at the time we didn't know any of that. And I don't think we were complicit in his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't accept that blame and he's great at what he does. You know what I mean? He's a musically gifted human being. Muting mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm, I'm still kind of on the fence because I catch myself too, you know, Yvonne, mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Oh, uh-huh. oh. Mm-hmm. well, 
You know what? Turn it down. Turn it down. Turn it halfway. <laughs> and it's not just him. Like you know, he's wrote for other people. So when you're muting him, you're muting a lot of people. You and you, they have been muting an era of of music. But you know, it also falls under with all the producers and the directors and the musicians that came before him that have sexually violated youth and and other people. We have to. It, uh, is there a way to cleanse all of their art and get rid of it so that nobody gets it? Not just him. That means everybody who's ever had a case. And we know that there's a lot of cases that got paid out or swept under the court. All that stuff has to go away. And people will be surprised at how big those names are or the clothing that you have on their back, you know, that have been accused of sexually assaulting someone who didn't deserve it, male or female. Yeah. So it's, it's really, it's really tough. Yeah, it's a slippery, slippery slope. Um, one thing about Rap City documentary that I learned, I didn't know you were a producer on the show as well after you left becoming a host. Well, after my, it was my last season. I, I didn't realize it was my last season until, um, but I was doing the, the uh, version where you see like, I guess it was a mystical episode and stuff. I was doing radio in LA and I was Big Boy's co-host on the morning show on Power 105. And uh, so there was nobody out on the West Coast really to produce and book and all that other shows. So it was allowing me to book the shows through the radio show, get double promotion, sit in with the editing and all that other stuff. So I got a couple of uh, interviews and um, uh, shows under my belt. So, but I had dope producers that I could learn from that let me sit in the editing and, you know, pay attention to the camera. And then all of my experience on music videos, you know, you have to pay attention to your surrounding, what the production assistant's doing, what's the Apple box for, what's this, that, and the other, what camera are they using, you know, so. One of my favorite memories of you was being on the set of Crush On You with Biggie and Little Kim. Give me your most memorable moment on that set or with Biggie. What, what are your most fondest memories of that? Well, just being on that set, because one, I'm a Little Kim fan all day, every day. So I was there from the beginning of her career. <laughs> Two, I don't know if you realize I'm also in that music video as a dancer in the green, but I didn't come to hi get hired as a dancer. I came because we were shooting Rap City and they asked me to dance in the video. And I was like, <laughs> and that's the same thing that happened with Ladies Night too, um, is being a part of that video. We came to shoot Rap City, but that's the blessing is when people appreciate your dance work. Um, but being around Kim and Big, was so dope. Jay-Z was also an interview that I got on a set and I had always been around him, you know, back in the day when him and Damon were doing like open mics and stuff at like what was called Mad Wednesdays. Maria Davis used to do these club parties in New York City. So the old heads, New York heads would know what that is. Um, so it felt like a performing arts high school thing for us. You know what I'm saying? Like just comfortable speaking to each other, knowing what it is. Um, and really kind of like pulling back some of the layers. It's crazy about the things that make it to edit and things that don't, because you end up really having intense conversations, but the producers have to pick and choose what can make it in a 30 minute segment or whatever. So we got to talk a lot. You know, I've had many personal conversations with Kim. Like that's my girl and we talk girl stuff like you and I would if we was in the club having wine, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Biggie and I've had conversations and stuff like that too, that are not meant to be repeated. That's just for us, you know, so. Okay. It was like some real ish, like what the label's doing, you know, what's happening at home with his mom and how he felt or today wasn't a good day because this happened, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I've got a lot of those conversations, but they'll always stay mine. One of the things on the documentary that blew my mind is you said that there were shootouts and fights. <laughs> hip hop, girl, it's hip hop. And you know, it was back in the day when they used to have record release parties, album release parties, fashion shows, buy magazines. So, like you've been to the Source Awards. So that was at the Source Awards. Imagine the parties they would be at, especially like in New York or whatever. And you know, they always snatching coach and snatching chains or this person got beef with that person. And it was a lot that happened. So yeah, we'd be there and, you know, have to snatch up the cameras and stuff. And it was crazy. I remember I got into a fight before um, we were shooting LA at the Century Club and we had shot all day. I remember this. Oh my God. We had shot all day and something happened with the footage where the audio didn't take. So now you can't go back to DC with empty tapes. So we, when we went back, they were like, we have to shoot something for tonight. So they didn't get full permission. We just kind of bum rushed the um, Century Club. So myself and I think Brett Walker and I were shooting for a show called Unreal, which was a show that was replacing Video Soul. And um, there was this girl who was drunk and 
you know, we had to do this walk through the club with the cameras. It's like, you in my way. And, da, 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 da. and she said something crazy. And I was like, can you just give us two seconds? And she got up in my face and then threw, I think, threw a glass at me that I ducked. And next thing you know, girl, we was in there scrapping and I almost got fired. I'm like, how did I get fired? First of all, we should have had security with us to like protect us from this happening too. I'm the one who didn't mess up the shoot. Three, I'm protecting the BET brand. What do you mean? This is the first time I think I've ever talked about that, which is crazy. I remember that. So I got to talk to Brett about that. Oh, it's crazy. And I think I had like girl stuff. I had like, a, it was a scene out of Bad Girls. I had a ponytail in my hand, walking out the door. It was crazy. Child. So you dragged her pretty much. See, people underestimate how strong gymnasts are, right? I don't care if I got on high heels. We can lift our own bodies in the air and defy gravity. So I'm a scrappy, scrappy, strong chick. I just mind my business and keep to myself. I'm nice until I'm not nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> she learned she learned that day because who was who was doubting you? She didn't see the muscles. <laughs> you know, and she was she was drunk, I would say, but still it was like, yo, once you start. Mm -mm. You know, that New York around the way girl be like, hold on, let me scratch. Queens came out that day, huh? <laughs> I know you write the book, so remember to include that little tidbit. <laughs> My memory is so crazy. These stories, like I'm trying to write down as much as possible. And I say this too, even in some things that I'm shooting is that I can't talk to Heavy D. I can't talk to Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. I can't talk to Whitney Houston. I can't talk to Andre Harrell. I had to make sure I got my mom on camera because she's getting older, right? So you have to, time is of the essence of trying to get these stories told of how many people we're losing and how we can't keep taking life for granted, you know? And I want dance or my story or this journey to just be part of history, you know? And it's not for ego purposes. I think, I don't look at it as like, I need you to talk about me in history school and all that other stuff. But I think the body of work that, I've been able to create and that's had long life should be recognized. And with this hip hop 50, they've always talked about, like I said, just the rock steady crew, because sure that element was just b-boying, but b-boying and all the elements of hip hop went from four to like 10, which is hip hop dancers or hip hop magazines and hip hop radio. And I think those are the things that need to be included. And granted, sure, you can't get to everybody over 50 years, but you can definitely, if me and the golden era of hip hop and, you know, 10 of us had a whole decade on lockdown then we should have been mentioned and honored you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. you know I got to tell my own story and make sure the rest of us do too absolutely and that's what this platform is all about for honoring women like you so this to me was a big interview for me to accomplish so thank you for that and um, you are definitely cemented in the history books of hip hop. So it ain't about ego and it's about stating the facts. So yes, make sure that people know what's good <laughs> with you. If you see my post now, I was like, don't call it a comeback. Been here for years. Yes. Now it's like, let me reintroduce myself for those of you who don't know, but your parents know. And actually, you know, you've been watching, you just didn't really know. Yeah. Like, so I get, I didn't realize, oh, that's you? I didn't. Oh, snap, you know, but I'll take it. I'll take it. But I don't live in that either. I mm -hmm. think, again, I'm always on to the next. So mm -hmm. you you don't really get to enjoy or celebrate those milestones because this business is a hustle, right? Mm -hmm. You're only like after this Rhapsody documentary dies down, it's radio silence until the next big thing. So I can't even be like, yeah, I got a documentary out right now. Like, what? I'm on to 10 other things right now. I can't even enjoy this moment because... You know, I get a week of everybody catching the vapors and phone calls and the exes chiming in and all this other stuff. Ooh, somebody's like, spinning the block. Right? I'm like, well, my number been the same for like 20 years. What do you mean? Suddenly you, you just found me again? But it's like, I can't even live in that moment because it's the, you're only as good as your next job. And that's how this industry is, right? You get too comfortable, too complacent. You get too arrogant. It's a wrap. So that's why I kind of keep this train moving. I got to keep it moving. Yeah, you know, not opening the door for me. I'm coming through the side window, the chimney. I'm digging. I'm coming through the basement. Like I'm getting in. You're mm -hmm. no, you're no, you're no. It gives me more power. So mm -hmm. it fuels you, fuels you. Yeah. And I've always been like that. Well, I'm gonna show you. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> I love that. You gotta have that attitude. You gotta have it. Yeah, as you creep through the door, if it's some doors that's gonna close on you, like you said creep through other avenues, but you can also create. And that's what you're doing. Like you said, I know that you're working on other projects that you're um, creating and then this book. So 
create don't wait so continue to tell your story now you mentioned Whitney Houston um most of the people heavy D that passed away um and 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 Biggie but there's people that you work with that are still here that can that can speak to your talents now I did see that you don't like to elaborate on this but I just want to give you your credit reminded people of the iconic moment of you being on Oprah Winfrey show which was see how I'm like what is she getting at I was like oh yeah I did that <laughs> I know that these interviews can sound a bit redundant sometimes, but for my audience and my platform and every platform you get on, always for me, I just want to tell you, continue to tell your story, even if you have to say it so many times, because people need to be reminded of your greatness. And it's just the truth. You know, it is what it is. And for my audience, if they don't know about it, I want to be the one to expose it to them. So Oprah Winfrey. You teaching her how to move. She was stiff as a board, wasn't she? Like, how was that? It hurt my heart because you're like, wait a minute, girl. You, you know, it's like, girl, you can't. And I didn't know, but there was a lot in that moment. And I got to save that for the book too. That kind of hurt my heart because you know how they say sometimes you shouldn't meet your idols. And it was kind of like that. So I'm just like, mm. but it was a great experience and I will cherish it always because not everybody can say that, you know? No, but how did it happen? Now that's just like how did it come into fruition? What was that? I mean, we see the little clip. What what was what was a segment that you was called to to come on and teach her how to bank here bounce? Like what what was it? It was, it was they just want it was like a party um episode because I remember Barry White was also on that show. And Mm, uh, rest rest yeah, Barry White was also on that show forgive my hand too I just realized I had hand surgery literally a couple of days ago so you can still see my stitches um, okay. um but one of their producers called me out of the how, again you don't know how somebody gets your number and they're like we want to book you for the Oprah Winfrey show we'll fly you in blah 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 and you're looking at the phone like really okay we're just gonna do a segment pick a dance to show her and of course I tried, I thought I could find the easiest one, you know, for people who aren't dancers, but I didn't know she wasn't a dancer. I really didn't know. And I guess like what people were surprised when they saw Wendy Williams on, so you think you can dance and was like, girl, you can <laughs> And I think we always assume that black folks can dance. And you're like, wait a minute, how you miss that on the checkout line? Like, <laughs> No, we assume black people have rhythm. That's what we were surprised right. that she didn't have no rhythm. Right. So, but hey, it was a, it was a great experience. And I, 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 listen, I take it to, I did it, mom. Look, check, you know. Mm, it wasn't a great experience, but I want to know why, but you're going to tell it in your book. But it's funny because you're not the only sister that said that, you know, Tony Braxton, who's one of my favorite singers of all time. She said that um, she made her feel like shit. Do you remember her saying that? I don't, but I understand it. I, I I share the sentiment in that sense, but yeah. She made you feel like shit, sis? Not non-verbally is what I'll say. Okay. So, yeah. Know, you know, that, that girl tings, you know. Mm, oh, damn. Not the cattiness from Oprah. <laughs> we expect more. <laughs> you know, I, I still, you know, and I could say this about, you know, there's a couple of people that I've met who you respect their journey and what they've done. And when you finally get to meet them and they just like the look up and down, you're like, really? I champion you. <laughs> like, I, uh, mm, like, okay, let me just, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, right? Because it ain't too, and especially at, during your time, it wasn't too many of you that look like us, you know, that's killing it in any field, you know? And I'm not coming for your job. I just want like, can I get a picture? Can we have a moment? Like I'm not even coming for your job. Like, which I never did, you know what I mean? I'm not that chick at yeah. all. I've never, you know, as catty and cutthroat as this business is. Mm -hmm. the thing that, mm, I think I can, well, I can say this. The thing that changed me, right? Because again, I come from a space of gymnastics where it's an individual sport and it's a team sport. Meaning I can shine and become first on all four events, but my scores matter so that our team wins, right? So that jealousy 
was never there. You champion your sister who's on your team or even a girl who's on another team. If she's a bad chick doing a bad move, then you need to learn that move so that you can beat her, right? But you don't have to cut her throat to do it. So when it happened to me in dance with somebody who I considered to be one of my really good friends, we'd always call each other about auditions. And I got a phone call about an audition at the very, very last minute. So I hop on a train, New York, I get down there and I see all my people there. Nobody called me. And so when I see my homegirl, I was like, yo, why you didn't call me? Because you always get the jobs. You book everything. I was like, and when I tell you that moment changed me for everything where I'm like, I'm not sharing anything anymore. Let me, let me move my rocks over here. I'm not saying nothing. I'm, and I'm not that person, but I became that person, right? Because it was an element of the business of, oh, I see how this is. Now I'm about to be more of a threat. Let me learn some new shit. So now you really won't get the job. Let mm-hmm. me come in. So they'll never tell me no. Never, you know, but people forget while everybody else was cute and hanging out, whatever the club, a chick like me had to work harder. So while everybody sleep at five or six in the morning, I'm in the gym, I'm tumbling, I'm doing whatever, even still to this day, if you see my posts, I'm on my bike at six in the morning, working out like that's just who I am. So when you see, even I always refer to Mayweather as arrogant as he is, and people are like, man, shut up. Three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, that man is out running 20 miles. Say what you want, but he's putting in the work. He's not taking any of it for granted. So you have to respect that, you know? Yeah, I hate that that moment changed you. Have you been that way ever since? Did you feel bad that you had to change? And that sense when it comes to you guarding, you know, yourself. I'm already a guarded New Yorker, right? Because you always be like, who sent you? What you want? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And now, especially even in, in dating too, because guys are like, they come after women, they try and prey on you and stuff too. You know, that's a whole other chapter as well. But yeah, I kind of am just like, I don't say anything until the ink is dry, until it's made it to air, until the check has cleared. Like those are my rules. I don't even tell my close friends until it actually, why you didn't call me? Why you didn't tell me that was happening? No, until it makes it to air, I'll say tune in. Or I don't even know if I made the edit, right? So you can't even say that. You don't know how much of your stuff actually makes you know, it was not on the cutting room floor. So mm-hmm. no, I don't, I don't, I keep everything quiet. And then why you didn't tell us? I'm on to the next thing that was six months ago. And I don't even know what was going to happen with the project. You know what I mean? Damn, so. Liz. I'm the same way. Yeah. The same way when it comes to just accomplishing things and not trying to tell anybody before the eggs are hatched, I guess <laughs> my friends and my family, they didn't, they don't know I do things until they see it. And I try to change that because I want to start enjoying the process, enjoying the journey. And I want to share it with my people, share the excitement and allow people to love on me. But when you are burnt along the way, it's hard to, yeah. to just enjoy it. it. It really is. So it is the catch too, right? What's for you is for you and nobody can take that away. Mm-hmm. But they can also add difficulty to that process or make somebody reconsider because mm-hmm. now they're jealous and they hear about it and they want to go and do a whole smear campaign and you have to do damage control. Like if you can eliminate all of that stuff and just live in what is for you, it's still going to come to you. But let's just, let's take the easy road. Let's take the road. My road has always been the one less traveled, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, you know, let's, can I get an easier road, please? It's been a long mm-hmm. journey. I, I need to be, I'm ready for the easier road. <laughs> well, really quick, because this is the um moment. This is the um part of the show that I call the confessional hour. Is pretty much the um what they call it, a rapper fire round of questions. Okay, oh, <laughs> it usually wars one word answers, but I just love the way you just tell stories. So you might have to elaborate just a little bit. <laughs> I'll find uh, one words, but I talk too much. But let's see. Okay, okay. No, I love it. It's like please. Okay, first question: Any opportunities? Um, you passed on that you wish you didn't. I'm actually in the middle of something right now, Ooh. which is a film project that Ooh. I have a lead role in, but I was contracted to do something else months ago. And this film project has changed its date a thousand times, mm. but I'm not somebody to leave a project. I, you know, I, integrity, you know, they've already started promotion on it and whatever. And I just feel like I have to write it out and say no to this other thing. But if God will have it, he'll find another date (laughs) and it'll still be mine, you know? And I have to remind them like, I can't, I said, you wouldn't want me to do that to you. You know what I'm saying? You Mm -hmm. wouldn't want me to just bail out on your project and be like, well, we ain't working with her again. So I have to kind of just be like, I hope that's not it. We're we're getting closer to some things, but 
Is there something that I said no to? I don't think there's any regrets of a project that I wish that I had said no to, yes to. A music um, video or or a position to choreograph with an artist and it was like, damn, I can't do it. Or movie. Uh, mm. I mean, I do wish that I was, but I was on tour with Bobby, right? Because for me, having said no, it was because I was doing something else. And that's a great problem to have. Book, you busy, know? and blessed. You know what I'm saying? That, listen, that is a great problem to have. Be like, I can't, I'm focused on this thing. I didn't go on vacation for like a decade because I was afraid that if a phone call came in about a job, I was going to miss out. My mother's like, you can't live like that. You can't live like that. Finally, when I went on vacation or whatever, a job or something came and I couldn't do it. And it, that job ended up like moving its date. And so I was able to do it, but I was like, I have to live my life. And now I'm like, whatever's meant for me will still be there when I get back. Right. But for a long time, I was like, I'm not going nowhere. Phone's going to ring and I need to re start rehearsal tomorrow because that's how fast things move. Are you free tomorrow? We got six weeks, da 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 the tours leave. Okay, ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. How much for the one word answers? Goodness. I know, that was good, it's good. Okay, this one, you know, it's hip hop. So let's do top five. I usually ask top five favorite female rappers, which I probably would still give you. But because you are a dancer and a dope um, choreographer, what, what, or who is your top five favorite dancers of all time? Oh, mm. Um, mm -hmm. okay, let me see. Um, <laughs> I do love Barishnikov. Okay. He's, you know, that male ballerina, he is so powerful, strong. I do love him. Um, of course, Leroy from Fame, you know, he just is everything. Um, who now is my favorite, favorite? Oh my God, okay, please forgive me. I can't think of her name. She dances for Beyonce and she was dancing for Usher. She's got short blonde hair. Her name escapes me. She is, I feel like I'm watching a mini me. She does gymnastics, but she's so smooth and she's so dope. I have to get back to you on her name, but she's the bomb. Um, I do love- It's not Ashley, right? She had real hair, real no, hair. No, no, no. She's, she's on this tour, the new tour. Oh, and okay. all of them doing their solos and stuff. She's a black girl giving you the backflips and the acrobatic and the flexibility. Oh my God, I can't think of her name. I almost want to pull it up right now. Oh. Um, but she's so dope. I'm, I'm really fangirling on her her work. She's in, incredible. Okay. Um, but we're, we're talking like lifetime, right? Like I have to go all with time. all time. I mean, Darcel, of course, and Solly Gold, who's my inspiration and my reason why. And mm -hmm. then Debbie Allen, who absolutely is my reason why. You know, I do love Paris Goble, who does all of the Rihanna Savage Fenty. I love her choreography. I love her dance style. But my top two have to be the women who inspired me, which are Debbie Allen and Darcel, for sure. Oh, that Debbie Allen, oh, that's that's one of my friends. I miss the interview. I've never met to this day. I know all question. her friends, girl. I know all her friends. I got friends of friends. Like, I'm going, how is it I've never been in the room with this woman? Like, I have, but I've never met her. Like never, I don't have a picture with her, never had a handshake. But one thing I remember is I remember dancing on, it was the Soul Train 20th or 25th anniversary. And I can send you the footage. We, I did backflips down the stage and I could hear her and then I saw her. Yes, honey, yes, because you know how Debbie is. And I was like, from stage, from the middle of performance, I saw her get up and get, and I was like, does she even know who I am at this point now? Like. I, <laughs> So that's one of those moments that's just like in my heart. Like she saw me, even if it was for 2.2 seconds. <laughs> Love that. I was going to ask you that. Were you able to meet her? Oh, we got to make that happen. If I have a a, a way to help, I, I, I will. Okay. Um, I'm hoping that I get hired on a project that she's choreographing or directing. And it's a full circle moment in that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. but whatever, I'll take it. <laughs> Who's out right now that you could see yourself coming out of retirement for? Listen. Mama still got a, a couple of kicks left in her, a couple, and I'm still back flipping and whatever. I have never danced for Missy Elliott. I have known Missy since 1990. I don't know how that has happened. So if she calls, I'm coming. Beyonce calls, I'm coming. I've known Usher since he was 12. If he calls, I'm coming. I watched the show in Vegas and I'm sitting here salivating. Like I just want to jump on stage. I can't even watch a concert without going, oh my God, I wish I could dance right now. I do feel like I did retire earlier than I was ready to 
but TV called and Rhapsody was very kind to me. The very first year I was on tour with Heavy D. So they let me shoot while we were on tour. So every city we were in, I could shoot some episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but then it got to, once they offered me a bigger contract, I had to kind of stay put and make a choice. And so once Heavy D, I think was my, one of my last tours, I was still doing choreography and still doing music videos and stuff because they were local, but that was my last tour. So it was too soon for me. And if Broadway calls and I don't have to sing, I'm going <laughs> see what I can do. And um, yeah, and if Chris Brown calls, I'm definitely going. I got to get a couple of backflips in with him and with Usher. So yeah, those are my my peoples. And I think Janet and I still have some unfinished business to do. So. Oh, I can see Chris Brown. Okay, that was an amazing list. Okay, that was good. That was good. That was good. There was a, a journalist that coined you as the legs of urban America. Um, Harry Allen. Who was it? Harry Allen, he um, did something for Public Enemy. Yes. I love that. The legs of urban America. Girl, that's that right there says it all. Um, it also said that she is the pioneer of female hip hop dancers and raised the bar for those to come. In your own words, how would Big Les like to be remembered? Um, this is probably one question I've never thought of. Again, heads down in the trenches looking at the next job. Um, as a girl who was committed to being the best at what she does, was professional and made it possible for people to look at women of different shades and sizes and see them as great talents, I guess, you know? Mm -hmm. we are viable we are here we are present we are badass and we are better than the rest don't play with us period well said i like that now um you told us what is next uh for big les a little bit of it but just in case we didn't get the full scope of it what can you say is next for big les i'm moving into that directing space it's time for documentaries to be told and um hopefully i'm the girl to tell them so you know Woman King took eight years. Hopefully it won't take me eight, <laughs> but I'm dealing with a lot of the politics and politics of, you know, well, we need a bigger name attached to walk in the door. And it's that kind of a thing, regardless of, you know, and I've got major interviews and stuff, but it's the process, it's the Hollywood way, but I'm gonna break down barriers and hopefully in a year or two, we'll be like, you know, at some film festival and they've given me an award and a big, you know, more funding and all that other stuff. So yeah. moving into that, moving back into acting, um, and yeah, I, you know, the one box I haven't been able to check is I am a big Pam Greer, black female action hero. That has been my, and I, I realized probably over the pandemic, like you've been an action hero your whole life. You've been a gymnast. You saw through the air, you defy gravity, but I didn't look at it that way. Right. Like, cause I didn't have, a, I have an invisible cape, but mm -hmm. I want to be on film next to Jackie Chan and, or my own thing, my own series, doing some real kick-ass stuff while I still can. And that's the one box I haven't been able to check yet. So yeah. come on, universe, hook yes. your girl up. <laughs> I love that. Well, listen, I really enjoy speaking with you and I really do want to just reiterate and give you your flowers and say thank you for representing for the girls, for the girls that look thank like you, you, for the girls that look like you. I should have had you do my makeup too. Your face is big, honey. Thank I'm just you. home. Thank you. And I really, I champion all of us. Listen, when I met Dee Barnes and she was an inspiration and stuff for me, there's room for all of us to have, to represent the way that we do, to be on the mic, there's space. We may be on a show together one day, you know what I'm saying? Our version of the hip hop view. And that would just be so dope that we can all tell our versions without any jealousy or cattiness and all that other BS or whatever the case is. So applause to you, mama, for rocking with your integrity and being true to the culture and all of that. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. And thanks for saying the hip hop view. That's so funny. That's kind of how I point this show that I want to expand it and bring on other women like yourself. So you right on point. Let me find out you got some good intuition going on. <laughs> Okay. Wow. That was inspiring. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again, Big Les. Now, before I let you go, if you can, now this is going to be a one word answer. If you can give me one word to describe the state that you are in right now, from everything you had told me today, from 
uh, started your career in, in gymnastics, with your mom being your number one supporter. Oh my God, I love that so much. Um, from how you got your start with your career to where you are right now today and everything you've been through. If you give it in one word, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> the pressure. Um, I feel accomplished. Accomplished. But I don't, but see, okay, wait. I can't say that because the list is still really long. So it's like, and for people like me who can't sit still, I'm like, I can't wait. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I think, okay, I know you want a one word answer, but it comes with a backstory. I'm proud because everything I do is to make my mom proud. Mm. So I'm proud that I've made her proud. That. Mm. Yeah. And I like the word accomplish. And I do want to say, it's been on my spirit saying this to you. Please enjoy the journey. Please know that everything you have done up until this point is enough. Even if there, there is more that you will accomplish, but you have to know that you are accomplished. You have done some amazing things and the way you've done it with integrity. Like one thing I would say about you, and it's not really, it doesn't matter about other people. You might have, might have heard some things, bad attitudes, whatever, slept around, whatever. Everything, when it comes to you and what's attached to your name has always been with grace, love, respect. Like everyone that I know that speaks on Big Les that know Big Les is saying she's a dope person. Her personality is this. Oh my God, Jazz, you're going to love her when you meet her. Like, you know, so to me, that's commendable in itself. The type of work that you put in, but the pride that comes with it. I just want you to really sit in that love and people loving on you and sit in your accomplishments and say, I did it. I'm enough. Yes, I would do more, but I'm a fucking badass. Like you have to you make, know that. my eyes water because I realize <laughs> how hard how hard that is for me. Especially um, in this industry, because people have told, I mean, the things that you have went through, I mean, can you imagine if the Me Too movement was out back then, you know, or if you had that type of sisterhood, and I know you had it with the likes of Mary J. Blige and so forth and so on, but you, from what I'm hearing, and of course I can see like you dealt with so much, whether it was betrayal, heard, portrayed from your own Black men that, you know, say things and 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 don't see you as a person that's deserving of love or respect or just beauty. You know, we grew up thinking Whoopi Goldberg was ugly. And now I'm like obsessed with Whoopi Goldberg when I look at pictures of her and I'm like, she's fucking gorgeous. Like, what's, you know, but that's just the things that we endured as Black women, as darker skinned women. So, um... I understand then your next, you all, what what they say? Your next move got to be your best move. It's all about the next job. And I don't like to subscribe to that anymore because you could get burnt out. And then before you look up, you, you realize you didn't even sit in your journey and sit in your success. So I just, I just wanted to give you that moment and speak life into you and say, girl, you, you are it. You are it. You have done it. You accomplish it you are it and you will forever be it if you decided to stop today it don't matter but keep going sis but know that you are enough and you are loved <laughs> thank you sister thank you created a space where we can celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences for women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Women in Hip Hop. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. 
It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.